We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's going on, everybody? We are back sitting courtside with courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, hey man, this has been a topsy-turvy WNBA first half of the season. The All-Star Game is coming up in a couple of weeks, but there are so many teams that you could say are the best in the WNBA at this juncture. What do you think about that? I mean, it's been a quiet week, you know, just like uh, I'm counting. I'm on the, I'm on the uh, transactions page. There was like 17 people waived uh, due to the, the midday cut down thing. Last night, the mystics play with six players um, because of that. So just regular quiet week in the, in the WNBA. Um, But yeah, as far as who's the best team, it's it's a tough question because I think really you have three teams in the race. And correct me if I'm wrong because okay. I think we may have different opinions right. here. I think you have three teams. You have three teams in this race: Las Vegas, Seattle, and Connecticut. Those three teams are all have at least eleven wins. The Aces and Storm only have four losses. Connecticut has one more loss at five losses. They're all all their net ratings are above. Uh, seven and a half. So they're about seven points better than their opponents on average uh, per 100 possessions. So I think those three teams are the teams that are truly, truly great right now. Um, So I think those are, that's where the debate's going to come in. However, I will give you the floor to tell me perhaps why another team deserves to be in that. Uh, I'm definitely throwing the Chicago sky in the, in that mix. And those are my top four teams right now. And yes, Connecticut does have the five losses, but a lot of that occurred without the services of John Quill Jones, who is missing because of her European basketball obligations. So now with John Quill back, 
I mean, I, you know, had she not left, I think there would be a real shakeup with top two teams in the league. But with her absence during that stretch and the team struggled without her initially, and then they found their chemistry. And I just think with the way Brianna Jones has emerged, I think right now she is sitting at the top of my list for most improved player in the WNBA this year with her numbers and her efficient, proficient play. And we saw that when she was at Maryland and now it's like really seeing it at the pro level for Brianna Jones. So now you have, you know, without Alyssa Thomas, let's not forget. Okay, they don't have Alyssa Thomas, but Brianna Jones playing her best basketball of her pro career. And now John Quill Jones back. I mean, Jasmine Thomas hit seven threes. Am I wrong on that? She knocked in yeah. seven threes. Yeah. I mean, they are inside, outside. And John Quill was knocking in threes. So let's not just say inside, outside. Let's just say they have great balance and chemistry going on right now, for sure. But let's just not forget that Chicago had a bevy of injuries early on and went on that seven game win streak. You know, they did not have the services of Ellie Quigley. They did not have Candace Parker in the lineup, but when they came back, <laughs> they made some noise and yes, their, their mm-hmm. win streak got snapped over the weekend, but that still, that doesn't take me off of them in terms of them being in the top four in the league. I think they definitely have the pieces. They definitely have a, a great mix with, with copper and, you know, those young players, diamond shields. I just think they just are very dynamic with what they look like together on the court. They have Courtney Vandersloot, who is just masterful at the point guard position. She is just insanely good. Even without Quigley and Parker on the floor, she was somehow trying to find a way to, to get things going, which she did and she did it well. So Chicago definitely for me is in that mix of teams that every other day changes who's at the top of it. But I think Las Vegas for me, sits alone at the number one spot because they hold the season series now after that overtime win over Seattle. So a two, one series um, lead. So there's no way right, right now. And this is not All right, Chris, Chris, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, I'm sorry. Ourselves. I, I just get on a 10. We got to make good radio. You got to get a, get a, get a, let the people simmer on I the, on, on, on what we're about. To I can't say. help it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Chicago because okay. I, I think I think Chicago is is a good place to start okay. here because, like I said, I, I don't I, I don't think I think my top group is three teams, not four teams, because what Chicago has done the last right. eight games is very very yes. impressive. Absolutely no doubt. They have been one of the best teams in the league in that stretch. You look at their roster and it just makes perfect sense, right? right? Like it's really interesting when you look at the last eight games. Who's who do you think the leading scorer is for? Um, the Chicago Sky. Oh, right, right now. In the last, oh, in the last eight, Candace, right? No, Allie Quigley. Oh, okay. So Allie Quigley is averaging. They have five players averaging eleven, uh, eleven points or more in the last oh, eight games. Okay. Diamond the Shields, Courtney Vandersloot, uh, Candace Parker, Clea Copper, and Allie Quigley. Uh, so we have. So they have this really balanced scoring attack. They have. Um, you know, and then they have their two players, the two playmakers and Courtney Vanderson and Candace Parker, who is making everything happen for everyone else. Candace is averaging 8.4 rebounds to go along with her 11.8 points. Courtney Vanderson is averaging 9.3 assists to go along with her 11.8 points. And they're both getting the ball out to Copper and Quigley with Vanderson connecting more with Quigley and Parker connecting more with Copper, which I right. love. It's perfect. Like this is this is Great. exactly what we pictured coming into the season. But 
I just need a little bit more evidence that this team can stay healthy because that's the biggest that's knock, true. right? On, on Chicago, it's a thing that we've talked about for years with this team. They have to stay healthy to compete. Right. This is not a situation where, you know, you look at Connecticut, you look at Las Vegas, um, you look at Seattle, they've been able to succeed despite injuries. Mm-hmm. Chicago really hasn't. They're a perfectly tailored machine to play with each other. So I just need some more time to see, can this team stay healthy enough for me to think that they are going to be healthy come championship time? Signs are good, right? But we've seen, we've seen so many injuries that I just want to, I want a little bit more time to marinate on it, but I do love, I love the mix of this team. You know, it's just, everything fits perfect. Um, But the problem is when everything fits perfectly and you take something out, well, the whole thing falls apart a little bit and that's been Chicago's problem. So that's, that's my concern. But yeah, I mean, you look at, you look at what they're doing and this is exactly what people pictured when Candace Parker came over. Yeah. And and speaking of Candace Parker, the reason why I thought she would be the leading scorer during that stretch is because she had a couple of double, double games, like some 20 and 10 situations where she was getting loose. So those things kind of pop out and stand out to me. But I think the consistency of what they were able to do during that stretch is very impressive. And yes, I mean, when you factor in health, it's really tough uh, to to say, oh yeah, they're going to stay healthy. Or no, they're not. You know, so it's like this this gray area where you just hope that they do because when they are at their best healthy wise, they, they are great together. So, I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to factor in. Um, and it's not consistent play in terms of efficiency. It's the random, if I jump up, am I going to come down on somebody situation? And that's can't leave them off that list to be considered as, as one of the top teams in the league. I think they've uh, really presented themselves as being that when they are all healthy and when they are all on the floor together. But man, Las Vegas is awfully tough and they're, they're hungry. They made it to the finals last year and fell short. So, you know, I can testify to that. When you fall short the year before that next year, you don't have to say much in terms of X's and O's. It's already built in you. It's it's been a sting in in your chest for for a year, and you want to right the ship. And for Vegas right now, they're playing like that, especially against Seattle. Why are you so sure that Vegas is on top? Because um, I think a lot of people, including some AP voters, including myself, would would kind of say, "Well, it's it's close." Because I, I think it's really really close between Seattle and Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think to me, there's a certain aspect of. I've seen Seattle do it, right? I've seen Stewie, uh, Jewel Lloyd, and Sue Bird lead a team to a championship. Right. Whereas I haven't seen Vegas right. do it. I believe Vegas can do it. But just, I, I want to know why you, you seem very, very um, sure yes, that Las Vegas is on top. So why? Because they hold a 2-1 series record over Seattle and they've beaten Seattle. They have the same record as Seattle, but they have beaten Seattle. And I think for me... That's what I'm going by. That to me is the tiebreaker. Like if they had another game to play or a couple games more to play in the regular season, I may consider waiting until those games occur. And maybe that's going to be in the playoffs and most likely that will be in the playoffs. But yeah. today, this at, uh, at this moment, 
Vegas is the better team because they have proven themselves against C who has won championships. And that has been in the past. This is the present. They are presenting themselves as a hungry team playing with a chip on their shoulder. And I think that right now, today, at this moment, they are the best team in the WNBA. And I am an AP voter. And it, it was all over the place this week in terms of the top four teams and Vegas, Seattle, some people had other teams at the top and, you know, and that's obviously up to their discretion. But for me, I go by concrete evidence of the moment. And yes, in the past, Seattle, they have done terrific. They won it last year. I get it. But we're talking about 2021 on this day. What do they look like head to head? And right now, head to head, Vegas has an advantage with the same overall record. And that's just, that's why for me, Vegas is the team to beat. Yeah. I think it, with Vegas too, again, like, like we were saying with Chicago, you're seeing the thought process Absolutely. behind the moves that this team has made. You know, they brought in Chelsea Gray and I think some people, um, some analytic minded folks <laughs> as I, as am, as I am said, well, they need someone who can shoot threes. They need a point guard who can shoot threes because they need to shoot threes and they do. But the reason you have Chelsea Gray on the team is because there's going to be games like there was on Sunday yeah. when you're when you need just need to get buckets yeah. late in the game against a great team. And if I we talked about this last year and we I think we talked about this a lot. Like I don't think if in that situation where I need tough buckets against a really good team, I don't think I'm going anywhere else besides Chelsea Gray. And this team has that mentality as well. I did I did WNBA minute on this like. This team knew exactly where they were going when this game was getting late and they needed buckets. They went to Chelsea Gray and they have Asia Wilson, who's last year's MVP. They have Liz Cambage, who's one of the best scorers in this league's history. They have Kelsey Plum, who's the number one pick who can score at will. Jack Young, number one pick. Derek Hamby, two time. You know, they have all these weapons, but clear, the clear hierarchy is there with Chelsea Gray taking yes. over late in games. And for me, that's a huge, huge part of what this team's going to be able to do. Because I think that's what they lacked last year. Yeah. Um, because Kelsey Plum was out. Because for a, a few different reasons, you know, they they kind of tried to put Jackie Young in that role. And, and Jackie's a really yeah, good player. That's, that's not Jackie's role. No. Jackie's not this this clutch scorer who's just going to pull up from the free throw line and and hit fadeaway jumpers. That's not her game. Right. So having Chelsea Gray there really just makes the whole thing make sense at the end of games. And I think she just fits perfectly with the culture of this group. And I think it's really working out exactly like they hoped. Also, I was, I, did you notice, uh, I don't know if you saw this in Sunday's game, yeah. um, but when they were calling that last play in overtime, um, Bill Lambeer like drew up mm -hmm. the play and you can hear it. And it's, it's really great that ESPN does this, that they'd mic up the coaches and then just, have yes. them talk in the timeout rather than something else. Um, I'm sure Bill Ambry doesn't right. like it, but whatever. Uh, so he's saying, like, okay, Plum, like, you're going to come over. You're going to set the screen for Asia. Asia's going to come up. You're going to do a high pick and roll. Then Plum, you get out to the corner. And 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 just, just you know, moving the chess pieces along the board. Yeah. At the end, um, he goes to Chelsea Gray and goes, does that work for you? And she said yes, and they ran yeah. the play. I was like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen a coach, and maybe it's just because we don't have access to this audio, yeah. but I've never seen a coach ask a player, if this play works for you yeah. to get a shot. 
and then and then having them do it. But I just don't uh, like. I don't know what Chelsea's supposed to say there. Like, we have two <laughs> seconds before we're supposed to be on the court. Like, what, if I say we don't work, what are we gonna do here? Um, that's really like. Have you ever done like? Has that ever come up in your career? We we're asking the star player about absolutely, a absolutely, because they have to want that moment. And I've seen it right. one way or the other, whether they say it or not say it, but their body language or their facial expressions, like uh, I, I don't want that moment. Right. And you can tell. And I'm like, OK, then let's go the other way. Let's come over here, get a pin down and, and get this. Here we go. Hands in. And then we go out there and try to execute it. But I've also seen it as a player. I've seen that as a player. Um, what was this? We were at UVA and um, when I was playing at Maryland and there was a situation where it was like, I don't know. We always had track meet games with Don Staley and, and that crew and Tammy Reese. Yeah. And <laughs> And it was like 105, 102, something ridiculous. And we were down there at Virginia and Coach Weller, Coach Chris Weller, the Women's Basketball Hall of Famer, she said, um, this is the play we're going to run and we're going to Vicky Bullet or something like that, which is great because I'm like, yes, please go to Vicky because yes. And, <laughs> and one of our other players said, no, Coach, I want to take the shot. Yeah. And Damn. okay, I'm not going to say who that was, but okay, she said, Coach, I want to take the shot. And she took it and missed it. And so sometimes you got to ride with your gut instinct, you know, and sometimes you kind of, you know, you want to trust your players, right? If so, like as a coach now, if someone said, No, Coach, I got this, I'm going to give it to her. I'm going to let right. her do it. I would let her do it. So, I mean, Chelsea Gray, I mean, she's been in so many clutch moments where she wants that moment. Like, I, I wouldn't ever think she would say, nah, nah, you can give it to, no. to Liz. Or you know what I mean? Or to Asia. I don't think she would ever pass the buck on it. You know what I'm saying? I think she's just built I, for clutch situations. I just, I also wonder, like, would she be cool in the inverse? Like you said, like someone else, like, you know, I, I love Kelsey yeah. Plum, and this is like not a criticism of her. This is a compliment to her. That seems like something Kelsey Plum would do. Say, "Give me the ball. Um, give me the ball. I yeah. want the ball, not yeah. last shot." Yeah. Uh, so I wonder if that if that's happened, and and I just don't know because I feel like when you're as an outsider, yeah, and and because we have this sort of like the Michael Jordan fantasy, right, of the best player takes the last crazy. shot, like this this plagued a bunch of, but you have this fancy of like, okay, we don't have to think about the last, the, the clutch moments in the yeah. game because we're going to our best player um, or the player that we have designated as a closer, like the Bucks do with Chris Middleton and the Aces do with Chelsea Gray. So I do wonder if that's, if that's going to come up at some point where, you know, Asia says, no, I want the ball yeah. or Kelsey Plum says, no, I want the ball. Yeah. Um, and how, and how Bill would handle that. Cause it seemed like he was just so keen on as soon as that fourth quarter started, mm -hmm. It, Chelsea Gray had yeah. the ball. It, there wasn't a debate about um, about who was going to get the ball. So that that is an interesting. That's an interesting. It is very. Story. I think it's a. It is very. It, what did Vicky? Think I don't. Um, of that. I think. I don't know. She didn't really say, but I think we were all like, "Man, Vicky should have gotten that." <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, but I think you know, as a coach, you you want to practice situations and all coaches at every level do it. So you see who's built for moments like that. 
and you try to replicate it all right christy hold on and you have that situation staring you in the face so yeah so there have been situations i'm sure for me there have been situations where our best player may be the decoy in situations like that because everybody knows it's going there but how about, you know, Steve Kerr getting a shot instead of Michael Jordan? And that worked out yeah. well a couple of times. So I just think. Yeah, but ain't no one draw up a play for, for Steve Kerr. True. Ain't no one draw up a play for Steve Kerr. True, but Mike did say, if they come to me, be ready. And he was ready. You hear me? So there's always a, there's always a, an extra branch to uh, an extra wrinkle to the plays that are, you know, supposed to be run and executed a certain way. But you got to make the right reads. And if, if there was a different kind of defensive read that Chelsea Gray saw and something happened where she was doubled up on or something and Asia presented herself down low, all of a sudden she slips and finds herself open. She's got to make that play too. Even though Bill wanted her to take that shot. Like if something happens in a situation like that, you have to make an ever present, ever ready read. And, and that's why you practice again. That's why you practice situations, all kinds of situations. And you practice decoys for your best players too. Not just we're going straight to her every time because there's going to be a way that defenses try to take that option away from you. So you got to be able to make reads on the fly, intense clutch situations, and you got to make plays happen. And sometimes you have to break a play to make a play. I say that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, this is what we want, but Listen, if defender falls down and we have a wide open kid under there, you throw that ball out there and make and win the game. You know, like, you know, like, well, coach, you told me to shoot, you know, from right here, but you got two, two and a half people on you and you got a wide open teammate. Hey, situations change and you got to be able to be flexible and you got to be able to be clutch in your thinking, not just in your shooting. Yeah. Well, I think for, uh, for Las Vegas, they're very, they're very, very happy to have Chelsea. Yeah. Also, I we mentioned we mentioned Alyssa Thomas with uh, Connecticut, so I'd be remiss if we don't mention Andrew McCautry. Andrew McCautry, like the injury happened so close to the season, I don't think we've really had time to process yeah. it. But not having her is huge um, for this team in a, in a bad way, and they're still plowing through it. They're plowing through that adversity, and I think it's um, it's really impressive, really, yeah. really impressive what they what they've been able to do without um, you know a top three, four player on this roster. I mean, which is insane, right? Yeah. Like if you have a team and I have to debate whether, <laughs> you know, Angel McCautry's a top four or five player, like it, yeah. things are going well. Things are going well. well. Um, can we talk about, can we talk about Connecticut? Absolutely. Really quick. So Connecticut is my, is a team I think is the best this year. Okay. Um, because this is a team, like you mentioned with Las Vegas, when you lose the year before, you got a little bit of extra juice. There's two years of juice yeah. here with Connecticut. Yeah. Got to game five of the 2019 finals and lost. The next year they come back, they don't have, they add a tremendous player in Dewan Bonner, but they don't have yeah. their best player in John Quill yeah. Jones. And they still almost make it back to the WNBA right. finals. And so I think this is, especially with this team, you know, the disrespect and the disrespect. <laughs> exactly. Like this snowballs into an effect where it's like, well, we're doing that this year, no matter who's here. So with Alyssa Thomas out the injury, I questioned whether this team would have um, enough yeah. to, to get to where they're going. And uh, the answer has been yes. a resounding, a resounding yes, yes uh, because of what John Cole Jones has been able to do. I mean, I think she's, 
the best player in basketball right now. I mean, she's averaging 21.7 points a game, uh, 10.9 rebounds, excuse me, so averaging a double-double. And she just went to Eurobasket and completely dominated with Bosnia-Herzegovina and got them to the Olympic qualifier for the first time in like, I don't like 30 years or something. I forgot. I saw the stat somewhere. And she was insane in Eurobasket. So (laughs) we're looking at a player who's – She's taken all the steps, right? She came in a little bit unheralded from George Washington. She came back. She grabbed her opportunity when Shania Gumake was her. Uh, she won most improved. She's been getting better every yeah. year. She would have won the finals MVP if a couple different things happened in the fourth quarter of game five in the 2019 yeah. finals. She was going to win WNBA finals MVP. And now this year she's coming in and I think she's going to if she can, if she stays healthy and plays enough because she didn't miss about five games, I think she's going to win MVP because she has been incredible. Like the way that I think uh, Natisha Heidemann last night, she said, like, I think of her as Kevin Durant. Exactly. I'm like, I, I, I can't like, it's hard to yes. wrap your head around someone who <laughs> is this much bigger than everyone else playing like a Kevin Durant. Cause in the NBA, Kevin, yes, he is. He's seven foot. Let's be real. But he doesn't, right. it's, it's not that same mentality. I don't think he, he doesn't quite do the same power post-ups that you see from someone like John Quell. And she has, right. she has such a perfectly rounded out game that uh, to me, it's just like, this is the absolute best player in the league. And then you look down the roster, you have Dewana Bonner, Brianna Jones, who could both be on the all-star right. rosters that get announced at 3 PM later today, which is why we're not talking about all-star rosters. If you're exactly. Um, then you have Jasmine Thomas, who to me is one of the best, the best yeah. floor generals in this league. And then you have Nitz Chime and Brian January who are great depth pieces. Yeah. So this team to me has everything they need. They've proven to me that they have everything they need to make a championship run. I just think that John Quell is going to be too good for anyone to handle. And they just have, like, we need to see that Las Vegas, Connecticut rematch in either the semifinals or the finals because Brianna Jones has come and become a a, a star player. I put her on my all-star ballot that I did over the weekend. She's become a star player because of what she, she's become so crafty down low and she just uses her strength to bully people. And then you're, you're you're in a catch 22. Like, what do you do with your front? If you're not a team like Las Vegas. So this to me is the team that I would pick to as the best team in the league right now with John Quill Jones. And I understand that people are going to that because John Quill missed time. They haven't won as many games. You know, they, they haven't been as hot as those other teams, but I just think, you know, it, just give me John Quill, man. Like that, <laughs> that player is perfect for the modern NBA. She is, I mean, the modern WNBA. Yeah. She is the modern WNBA. In my yeah. I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, I, I don't disagree that they could be in the running for the the top spot in the league right now with her coming back. And, and that's still, it, to me, it kind of remains to be seen. And I just need to see a couple more games with the whole team together. Yeah. Um, but, sure. oh my gosh, like she is tremendously amazing. And the KD comparison from Heidemann, I, I thought was awesome, but I also, and I hope Giannis, Ansekupo is okay, yeah, the injury, yeah. but I think she's a good combination between the two of them. I think the way that she can get herself to the floor, to the rim, put the ball on the floor and get to the rim is, is really tough to stop when she is um, in that kind of mindset. And 
you know, yes, her, her back to the basket game is tough. Her footwork is impeccable. But she said, you know, after the game against Washington last night, she said, you know, my, my dad had me working on my, my threes. You know, I didn't play in the WNBA last year mm-hmm. in the bubble in Bradenton, Florida. But I put that in my game. So it's like you said, like she's continuing to add things on to her game. And, and yes, you have to be a three and D player, regardless of how tall you are in the WNBA and the NBA right now. Like that's just what you have to have as a skill. Like you just must. And now for her to, to add the three point shot to her game, much like Tina Charles has added it to her game this season. I think it's really impressive to see and players aren't settling for it. This is who I am as a player. And and this is what I'm going to just carve out for myself. No, they're like, this is who I am as a player. And I'm going to add several different aspects to my game to make it even tougher to guard me. So I think John Quill Jones, what a bright future. I mean, she was tremendous at GW and at Riverdale Baptist before that, uh, right in the DMV area. And I just, I just love that she's continuing to improve. And I think the funniest thing last night after the game was that the backdrop fell behind her and she had the biggest giggle. That was it. But she's just, she's a sweetheart. And, um, but she, she loves the game and you can tell, uh, and she's as gritty as they come at six, six and just a terror to the opposition and, and how you're going to guard her and, and what different schemes you have to come up with because she's on the floor. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm sorry. You mentioned her three point shooting, and I went up to went to look at her three point shooting. So she is averaging uh, four point six three point attempts over her eleven games so far this season, and she is shooting forty nine percent. There is no player in the WNBA right now shooting as many threes and making as many of them than John Quill Jones, who is one of the best post players in the league. Right. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's, that's a lot. It should be a it's a it's a monopoly on talent for John Quill Jones. Um, and she if she keeps playing like this, like I, I think I said this about Brianna Stewart at some point. I was wrong. If, if John Quill Jones keeps playing like this, like this is going to be a pretty easy MVP um, decision. No shade to anyone else. It's just I, I think even Tina. I asked Tina last night about the challenge of guarding Bree uh, J- uh, Jones and John Quill Jones. And um, she was like, yeah, they're the future of this league. So that it, it was a challenge and it was difficult and I was tired because we only yeah. players, but th- this is the future of this league. Like these two are the players who um, are going to take right. over. I thought that was interesting to include, not only to include Bree Jones, but how um, she was just so certain on, on John Quell. She was like, yeah, that's like, that's what John Quell does. Like that's who she mm-hmm. is. And you think about her, John Quell's journey. Um, and it's just, there's, there's so much, there's more left. Right. There's more left than has happened. And we're already at this point where we're talking about her as the face of the league, one of the best players in the WNBA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's going well. I do, too. Um, do you want to say anything about do you want to say anything about Seattle? I mean, I just think we talk so much about Seattle. Last I years. know they just you know, it's just that's just such the standard right now because of how excellent they have been over the last several years. And. I, you know, I'm not saying this in a, in a disrespectful way at all, uh, but they are, they are just what you want as a team. Like if you, if you're like, if you're Noel Quinn and you have that team to work with and move parts around with, 
I mean, how much fun is that? I think she has really um, done a good job. I know they lost a couple of games uh, headed into this week, but they were close. You know, obviously the overtime loss to, to Vegas, but I just think that, you know, the pieces that are in place there and the basketball acumen in that locker room is through the roof and, and the hunger mm-hmm. to stay there. I think when you have won championships, you know, right now they're the champions until the championship finals come up later in the season. Right. So they're the standard right now. And, and yes, they're tough to beat, but Vegas has found a way to do that so far uh, this season the best. I mean, they, they, they're the only team in the league that holds the series record over Seattle. So that says a lot for Vegas, but for Seattle, that says a lot for them too, because, you know, right now they're, they're queen of the court, right? They're checking ball up, check, check it up and let's go. And, and they're checking the whole league up and every team in the league is measuring themselves against Seattle because they won the championship last year. And, and that's the utmost respect for Seattle and, and what they've been able to do. I think this team, the, the, the part about Seattle that I think is, is scariest because I'm, I'm with you. I don't think they deserve to be number one quite right, uh, they, right now because of they, they just lost. They just lost to a team who's has all the same fundamentals. that right. they do. But I think the scary part about this team is that they're still figuring it out. Obviously Dan Hughes started the season as coach. Yeah. Now we moved to Noel Quinn um, and She's done a good job, but you can still see the times where she's learning and she's still relying on the, the veterans. And she's lucky, right? Like, the, this is a good group. That's to be what I'm saying. Coach yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you have, you have a good That's group funny. of people that she also knows and has sure. played with. Um, but you, you can't, like, Candace Dupree, and she's still relying on Sue Bird a lot in huddles. And you, and you can see it because we get that mic'd up. So at the end of the game, where I was talking about Lambeer talking to Chelsea Gray. I saw Noel Quinn and it was, it, it was just more, she was trying to get too much in, I think like mm. she was, she was like trying to tell the team too much. And I, you know, I, I, I think she just has a learning curve to right. get to because she's a first time head coach in, in the WNBA. And then you look at the rest of this roster and still coming along right. like Katie Lou Samuelson missed some time. She has to develop chemistry with this team. You have Epiphany Prince who has to, you know, that has to come back and, and get into the groove with, Talbot and and like it's just like yeah. there's a bunch of moving pieces and we're still kind of we're waiting for this team to put it all together yet they are currently second you know they're in second place right now at 12 and 4 in the league and have a 9.1 net rating so it's the scary part to me about Seattle is that they will figure it right. out at some point in the season and maybe as soon as they get back from um, the Olympic break that they if they start if they really figure it out between the head coach between the new pieces, between how they want to run their systems and what they want to do in the late right. game. I, I think we're, we're again, looking at a team that could easily make a championship run. Um, and, you know, it's just exactly, it's exactly what you mentioned. Like this is just the team that we expect um, because they have Brianna Stewart, because they have Jewel Lloyd and they're going to be here for as long as possible. And super super is having one of her most efficient seasons ever. You know, her counting stats are down, but when you look at the efficiency, she's really performing at a high level, maybe the high, the most efficient of her career. So um, I think, I think that's to me, the biggest thing that I'm looking for with Seattle is like, when does everything click? And once everything clicks, like, are we looking at a team that's going to just dominate the rest of the world? Yeah. I mean, 
Absolutely. With, with Sue Bird there, I mean, she's definitely, I mean, she's always been, even in her UConn days, I mean, she's been a coach on the floor for Gino Ariema. She's been a coach on the floor for the late great Ann Donovan when they won a championship. Uh, you know, she's, she is just that level of leader. And, you know, for her now to be at this juncture in her career, so much wisdom to share to the team and, and Noel Quinn as well. You know, they were teammates. And I just think there, there's a lot to be said for that and um, what she brings to the court in that aspect. Yeah. Sorry. I just got a notification that the New York's Liberty waved uh, Kia Stokes. Oh boy. Well, this this July 1st is going to be, there are going to be a lot of different names in uniform. So I'm anticipating that being a bonanza. The Lord. Yeah. I want to wait. Like next week we'll talk about everything that's going to happen because I just, I think there's going to be a lot that happens. Like the Lauren Cox, like Indiana waving Lauren Cox and she, she's picked up in uh, Los Angeles, which is great. But yeah, it just seems like, well, maybe there's like a trade or something that's going to happen, but we'll figure it out next next week. week. This week we're talking about (laughs) this this week. We're going to keep it on the court. Um, So the question I want to ask you is, so we talked about these top four teams for me, top three, but the top four, we'll, we'll, we'll say that. Las Vegas, Seattle, Connecticut, Chicago, top four teams in the league, which team below that group do you think is most likely to jump in to that top group? I think, I mean, if, and, and there's so much possibility and probability that goes into this answer of mine. However, I mm-hmm. like the fact that Mike Tebow has cleared some space on the roster to possibly have Emma Mieseman back after the Olympic break to be on the court with possibly Elena Deladon and Tosh Cloud, Maisha Hines-Allen. And I mean, Tina Charles is playing out of her mind. So for me, mm-hmm. the Rubik's cube of that, if all the colors get fixated on the right yeah. side, listen, that to me could be the team that could creep into the top. And even if I lived in, I don't know, Oregon, I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm saying that because, listen, if all those pieces fall into place and all those players are healthy at the same time as what we were talking about with, you know, other teams' health and issues that they have had with it, with like Chicago, like you said. But listen, if all that happens, Gabe, man, I'm telling you, that's the team that's going to be in the in the running. That's the team that's going to be in the mix because I can't. I, th- th- oh, there's yeah. no way that if all those players are on the court together – that they won't make some loud, boisterous noise when it comes to the second half of this WNBA season. And let that happen. I, I want to see that. I, let that happen because we were waiting for it last year. We didn't quite get it with Washington with all the players that didn't play and opted out or stayed overseas and everything. If that happens, trust and believe me, heads will turn, eyebrows will be raised, and people will be intrigued beyond belief. So that's the team that I think. 
I'm, I'm sure our audience is very surprised that you're going with the Washington <laughs> Mystics for this answer. No, but it's, it's like, like it's, it's also the obvious answer, right? Like if this team gets back a two-time MVP and one of the greatest players we've ever seen play exactly. this game and the finals MVP from two Come years on. ago and last year's second most improved player and one of the best players on this roster. And if they're, freaking point guard is healthy and they're adding all this to one of the top three current MVP candidates. Yes. Thank of course you. Washington can be in Thank it. You. Um, I do think though, here's what I think about Washington. Though. So uh, I just, I wonder if all this happens, even if all this happens, um, and I'm still not sure about Emma. It seems like you mentioned, it does seem like they have oh, some more saying. indications that the, you know, right? so it, it, it's looking, it's looking more positive than I think it was earlier. Yeah. But even without Emma, this team could make a lot of noise. However, if you're adding all of these pieces in after the all-star break, I mean, after the, uh, well, I guess it is an all-star yeah. break as well, but after the Olympic break, what does this team look like? What's the chemistry? How in shape is everyone? Right. I just think there's going to be some struggling, not struggling, but just some adjustment period. Like we've talked about with a bunch of these teams, there's going to be an adjustment period, but later in the season for Washington, when the other teams have already adjusted. So I'm looking forward to seeing this team closer to the playoffs. than I am maybe right after they come from the break, because I think there is, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of people who need to get back in shape. Yeah. What is Elena Deldon going to look like when she first steps back right. after almost two years of not playing? I guess actually we might be at two years mm-hmm. of not playing. No, 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 no. It's going to be almost two years. All right. Um, if she, what is she going to look like coming back? What, how is that chemistry going to work between Tina Charles and EDD and Emma? Do you play all three of those? Absolutely. Like, there's, there's a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. you put what, who are you putting Maisha Hines out at the two? Or she's gonna get some know? minutes, but listen, if all those all those players are healthy, guess who I'm putting all out there? Tina, yeah. Deladon, and Emma. All of them. And then Maisha's gonna be out there. Cloud, Cloud Atkins and those big three. Rotate. Rotate. Hey, I'm telling you, they'd be fresh, healthy, and lethal. Fresh, healthy, and lethal. And I think, and I hear what you're saying about them probably coming into form as the playoffs approach. I get that too. But at the same time, Mike Tebow doesn't need that much time to to mold some clay out here. And I think mm-hmm. that five and a half weeks of that Olympic all-star break, I think that could be a really intriguing slot of time. We're not talking two weeks. We're talking a month and some change. And that's a lot of time to form some chemistry with some players. And I, you know, hopefully they're all healthy. And well, Tina, but Tina and Tina and Ariel are going to be in Tokyo. Right. But they'll be in condition. They'll be in shape. No, they'll be in condition. No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the only person I'm worried about condition wise is. Deladon. Um, Elena. Yeah. yeah Cause it's it just been so long. And like, obviously I, I think she's doing everything she can and she's, you know, She's playing. She she seems in shape. I mean, we're looking at her from like thirty feet away. Right. Um, she seems in shape and in good spirits. But just like getting into game shape is a different story. And Mike Tebow talked about that with Leilani Mitchell too. Like she's now just getting into True. game shape. So I, I I think it's gonna there's gonna be a time there's gonna be a time this season that if all those things happen, all of those players come back, everyone's healthy and playing for the Mystics. There's gonna be a time where someone says, "Well, this isn't working now." <laughs> and and then what I'm gonna say to them is, "How many games has this team played together?" Like we have to relax all a right. little bit. So um, that's that's the Mystics. I don't I don't think anyone's gonna say you're crazy for <laughs> um, wanting to wanting to put put the Mystics into that mix. I think it's the right thing yeah. to do. The team I want to throw in uh, to this mix, and there's a lot. I, I've thought about Phoenix. I've thought about Minnesota. Um, 
I think those two teams can can really vault up with some health and some luck. I think those teams are very talented. Right. The team I want to talk about, though, is Dallas. Because uh, they're okay. the only team outside of that top four with a positive net rating at 3.9. They're 8-8 eight and eight on the season. They've won six of their last nine games. They look really strong. I just think that it's, it's – I mentioned this with a bunch of teams. The theory of this team is coming yeah. together. You have Arike Gumawale scoring more efficiently, less than she has in the, in the past mm-hmm. couple of years, but more efficiently than she has in the past couple of years as True. well. And I think putting her with Satu and Marina and Alicia, like this group really makes sense together. They're coming together and they're developing chemistry. And I think the biggest thing for this team is the same thing we're talking about, Noah Quinn, the Vicky Johnson learning and understanding how to coach this group of people in this league after what is it was three years that she was an assistant coach. She doesn't have quite the learning curve, but it's, it's always a learning curve when you have a new team, especially at the professional level, and you don't have as much time with these players. So she's learned how to how to put this group together. I think I was criticizing them earlier because they're not getting their excuse me, <clears throat> they're not getting their young players as many minutes as I'd right. like, uh, especially Chelsea Gray. Free my girl Chelsea Gray. <laughs> like get her on the. I mean Chelsea Dungy. Dungy. Excuse me. Free my girl yeah. Chelsea Dungy. Uh, but regardless, I'm not going to get mad about that. Right now. <laughs> I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to win basketball games because they think they have a chance to compete. And I'm starting to come around on the idea of this team being competitive in the playoffs this season because of what they've been able to do over the last nine games. I think the theory of this team really works. So where do you think Dallas stands on this uh, in this groupings? I think definitely, you know, side eyeing them. And like you said, with Phoenix as well, I mean, with Diana Taurasi back and healthy. I mean, you can't cross them off yeah. the list with, with DT, the GOAT, uh, the White Mamba doing her thing, coming back and over 9,000 career points now, insanely incredible. But I think for Dallas, I, I think you're right with that. I, I love the way um, Mabry is playing this year. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about Brianna Jones being most improved. I think Mabry has made a, a, a stamp on that as well. Um and they're probably be in the in a horse race down the end for that award. But I just I just love the the chemistry that they have, like you said. But you know, just the consistency for me. And like the six out of the last nine, I get it. But it's the way that they lost those three games. You know, I'm like, oh man, like oh, like you guys just dominated the game before, and then you come back and kind of are a little bit flat. So. Sometimes, I mean, it's not that you can't lose. And I'm not saying that because you definitely learn from losing. And I get that too. But it's the way you play in those games that I think kind of raises my eyebrow to, okay, maybe they're not quite ready to be in that top echelon of teams um, because of that lack of consistency uh, of performance and and focus it looks like there there there've been some issues i think in their losses where focus has been the thing that you circle as as the biggest issue and shots aren't always going to fall but you can always be focused on defense and you can always be focused on the glass and i think in those games that they've lost those are the two areas that are are concerned yeah. so um could they be considered absolutely but there has to be a consistency of focus for me and not that you can't lose any games, but it's got to be a fight to the finish. It's got to be, you know, at least comparable numbers on the glass and, you know, taking care of the ball too. I think, you know, and those losses has been an issue for them 
So I just think if, if they if they play up to their capabilities every time, I, I would be more uh, intrigued yeah. with with putting them up there in the top echelon of teams. But you know, I think that second half of the season, I, you know, I'm going to have my eyes on everybody so hard just to see what yeah. what that looks like because that's I mean that you can say that for every single team. Like your consistency of focus is what carries you through to the end. And that's what helps you be a champion. I mean, you, you have to dig down. You have to be consistent with it. Can't just be a sometime thing. Can't just be a Monday, Tuesday thing. And then on Friday, where's that team from Tuesday? Yeah. Like it can't be like that. So um, it's going to, it's going to have to be, you know, that second half of the season where they kind of turn the corner and, and stay on that right road. Yeah. And so as, I mean, to, to your point, they have played five games against that top group. Yeah. Am I missing anyone? Yeah. They haven't played Chicago this year. Weird. Neither here nor there. <laughs> but they've played five games against Vegas, um, Seattle, and Connecticut, and they have only won one of them. Mm. They only beat Seattle once. So I think that's a pretty good signal as to where this team is in terms of that top competition. So I, I, don't, I don't disagree um, with the overall point that you want to see more consistency from them, <laughs> but the fact that we have seen – uh, the 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 ceiling they're they're getting closer to that ceiling and their ceiling is very sure. close. so if they can kind of kind of get closer to where they're not bouncing from the ceiling to the floor <laughs> rather they're bouncing from the middle to there the ceiling go. and then to the ceiling to the ceiling so so, so I, I think this team does have um, that in them and, and we'll have to see what happens in the second half of the season sure. and of course if we didn't mention your favorite team here is because we hate them and we think that they are really bad and we just we we just like we really dislike them and we dislike you as a fan of that team whatever team it is so atlanta dream no i don't believe that we just don't no. like you. We just don't like you. No, obviously, obviously we're kidding. I think every every team in this league is going to look very different after the Olympic break. Um, it's crazy, right? It's crazy that's already here. We're, I know, uh, a couple like weeks. Days away. Yeah. And this is the thing that we've been talking about all year was like, okay, this first part of the season is going to feel really disjointed. Yeah. And we had some great basketball in this part of the season, but still felt disjointed. True. So... Um, I think we're we're going to get to a point now. We're going to have a nice little Olympic break um, where we're all going to be watching the Olympics. So it's not going to be like a break from sports yeah. or anything. But when we come back, I think we're looking at somewhat of a, of a reset to this season, especially with teams like Washington, Minnesota, Phoenix, L.A. getting healthy. Like, can these teams make a run? Um, but that's uh, I think that's I think I think we're, we're in a really good place here. Right now, I think we we disagree on the on the top three versus four teams, but otherwise, this league is looking like it's going to have a tremendous finish down. Yeah, there. and and I can't wait, and and also what I can't wait for is this All Star Game against USA Basketball. I mean, that's going to be incredibly exciting. And I know, like you said, the rosters are coming out this afternoon, so I can't wait to see uh, what the voting looks like from our, yeah. our great fans of the league. You know, we can bring them back in. I'm going to acquiesce what you said. Yeah. <laughs> but we have some really awesome fans in the WNBA. And, you know, I want to see what their voices sound like with this roster. And I know for USA Basketball, I know a lot of people were, were thinking NECA, Ogumake, yeah, she should have been on there. I heard Lisa Leslie, who was on the the Mystics call uh, over the weekend with Lisa Byington, and, and Lisa Leslie was was stating her disappointment 
with USA Basketball not having Neko Gumake on that list. I saw Stanford posted something like Neko Gumake. That's all that needs to be said. And she had a USA yeah. shirt on. I think there are a lot of disgruntled people now. I mean, there's always going to be snubs. There's always going to be people left off. And I, I just feel terribly for, for NECA. And, you know, there are other players coming off injuries who are on the list for the Olympic team. Um, Don Staley, who I love uh, as a coach, but also as, as a friend, I know that, that she made the choice as best for the team. And, and, and that's hard to say that. And it's hard to say that because best for the team would be to have that on it. <laughs> so it's really frustrating. So I think, I think we got to get, I think next week we should do the whole thing on, on NECA and the all-star, just like all-star slash NECA talk, because I think there's a lot of moving parts. Um, like you mentioned, and I, I don't, I, mean, I know a lot of people are, are mad and they're saying, oh, this is a conspiracy. This is someone earlier, but you know, I'm, I, yeah. I think if you talk to Don Staley and Gina Ariema, I don't think those people, the people who are on the committee to select the team, they don't care about anything besides winning basketball. Yeah. So, but there's a lot to, to unpack in that statement about winning basketball. What's going to win basketball in this tournament? It's tough. But I, I just please, like all I'm asking for is please, please, put NECA on this all-star team and let her be healthy for the all-star game <laughs> in Las Vegas. Like that's all I want. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not asking for too much universe. I'm not asking for too much. Get NECA on this all-star team and have her healthy so that she can put on a show in Las Vegas on a Wednesday on July 14th. Yeah. And that's, I voted for her, you know, she, that was my, that was oh, my first pick too. for the all-star team for mm-hmm. NECA to be on it. And I mean, I didn't need to look at a single stat for yeah, that. I'm like, no, NECA, that's the first one. But yeah, hopefully she's ready to go and can play and play well in that one. I mean, Candace Parker missed out on the Olympics years ago and there was an uproar on that as well. So, I mean, there's always going to be players that that miss out, but again, we'll we'll delve into that next week, like you said. But this week, man, we 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 had a great discussion as always, sitting courtside, chopping it up about WNBA hoops. We're almost at the halfway point, Gabe. I can't believe it. Uh, where can people find you on social? I know you're all over the place doing some great things. I am. So I'm on. Um Obviously, at her hoop stats is a thing you should follow. Uh, that's our that's our yeah. Twitter. Uh, we should say that earlier in the show. But I, I know so. I'm at yeah. Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Um, make sure you follow both those because I posted WNBA minute. Uh, make sure to follow her hoop stats on YouTube. Uh, and if you're looking for like more random sports content for me, uh, search Ball and Order on TikTok, and you'll find me. And that's that's where I'm at. Although I'm doing less TikTok because there's too much WMA. <laughs> that's a good thing, though. That's a great thing, though. It, it, no, it's a great. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. There's too much good basketball that I have to watch and talk about for for me to be, you know, doing the sort of fun, silly stuff that I like. But that's not a bad problem to have. It's not a bad problem that's to have. So um, that's where that's where you guys can uh, find me. But yeah, make sure you guys follow her, her hoop stats on Twitter because that's. Uh, that's our, that's our main way of getting stuff. Absolutely. And, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 5-1. And this Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern, I'll be on WNBA's Twitter page where I will be calling the Seattle 
Atlanta game with the one and only Debbie Antonelli. So that will be, oh, that'll that'll be, fun. be fun. So running a camp this week until eight o'clock and come back home and, and sit on down and, and call the Seattle Atlanta game for the nightcap. And that's going to be awesome. So, so look for me on, on Twitter, on the WNBA's Twitter page on Friday, this Friday night Ooh. at 10 p.m. Eastern. I'll be on there. So a lot of great hoops. 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. That's, yeah, I need that late night coffee. I know. I'm going to get a coffee on the way back from, from our great uh, summer camp at, at South Lakes. That's, that's, uh, we're in our second session, and it's going fantastically. And every day, Gabe, we have trivia about the WNBA. I'm going to teach these babies awesome. about this league and about the empowerment that they can have and the impact that they can have on and off the court. So I, I love it. So I'm always fired up about the league and always fired up about the opportunity to, to share it with our next generation of hoopers. <laughs> but anyway, we have a lot more to discuss next week right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott for Gabe Ibrahim. We will see you next time on Courtside. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H 2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.